There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your hosts, Tara Long and Liz B. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Source Connection. Thank you for joining us again today. My name is Tara, and I'm here with Liz. And we do come to you today with our flowers and our sons and all of us. So join us. Welcome. Let's take a few minutes to relax, to relax. So take a breath. A deep breath, a few deep breaths, whatever feels good for you in this moment to come back home to yourself. And I want you to feel yourself wherever you are anchoring, just anchoring in in this moment that you are here and how amazing it is that you are here and that we are here together. What a miracle, what a miracle to live this moment. And to feel the anchoring of your light, a force more powerful than the mind could ever know, more perfect, more whole, more complete. bringing all of yourself to this moment, not hiding anything. Let's rest here together in our fullness. there's any discomfort that comes as you sit in the silence, whether it's in your body or your mind, it's okay. Just let it be there. Let it be part of the fullness of you without judging it or making it mean anything at all. And as you feel anchored in yourself in your own life, I want you to feel yourself anchored in the light of all beings and connected by the thread that connects us all, 
heart to heart. Infinite being to infinite being. A connection that could never be severed because it's always just been one. Feel the togetherness. Just on that level that needs no words or labels of any kind. Feel yourself becoming more and more of that infinite space and embodying it here and now in your beautiful physical body. Together, let's take another breath. And just releasing everything. <sighs> breathing in the light and breathing out the light. Mm. And coming back to the space with us. Mm -hmm. I was having a hard time settling today because of mm -hmm. the conversation we were having before starting. Mm -hmm. What came to me is that we've been severed from expressing affection and exploring affection with others and then that leads to everything ending up being sexual mm. that makes sense mm -hmm. we don't i think about women in tribes and that this is my romantic idea about what that would look like but they're sitting together they're cozy a lot of times you shared um, spaces with many people so you literally were close bodied to other humans and the deepening of the connection through that just being able to touch and feel another at the physical level that then encompasses many other levels the subtle levels the energetic levels everything that we can see or touch but are communicating at every moment and <clears throat> the isolation from others in modern society we tend to have very small um either groups of people or households you may yeah. call it and um you don't get as much of that and so the fantasy of connection has been weaponized against us through porn and, and sexuality in that way and i think that then when you do have a strong connection with somebody especially if it's someone you feel attracted to physically, that tends to immediately go that way because there's no refinement in maybe knowing that a touch would be enough, that a hug, like a, a deep hug or a, an intentional moment would satisfy. Hmm. I'm giving no context because we were talking before about it, but. Yeah, we were. Yeah, before we pushed record, we were talking about relationships and polyamory and all sorts of things 
Um, yeah, I love that. And it resonates so much that especially in a Western culture, well, the U.S. specifically, I find, well, when I've been in Europe or visited Europe or other countries, it's a little different. But for sure in the U.S., there's this sense like a touch has, it means something or it has to mean something or, oh, that's going to lead to, you know, sex or something sexual or X, Y, Z, or it's illicit somehow or when really we're just made to, to touch each other, you know, in a way that doesn't have to be anything other than like, oh, I'm expressing my gratitude, my love, my like for you, whatever. And that's okay, whether it's male, female, whatever, it doesn't even matter, right? It doesn't even have to, if there's an attraction or not, if it's just a friend, um, you know, and then there's that whole thing with women, if they're expressing affection, that whole weird thing that has happened with men where they're like, Ooh, yeah, come on, you know, make out or something, you know, <laughs> just like hugging your girlfriend and love, you know, also yeah. showing men affection. Oh yeah. It's a big one. Being able to hug, but not just, you know, that little like, Hey, but how, you know, the little pat on the back that you're the just like one armed kind of hug. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we do this because I guess we do this, but there's no embodiment of that. And just to see men doing that. I was fortunate enough that I grew up in a family who really treasured that. And so my dad, my uncles, my cousins, everybody hugged. Hmm. They hugged. That's you know? sweet. Mm -hmm. It was really sweet too not even think about that until later when you start seeing the the contrast of that in society and to think like, oh, people actually feel uncomfortable yeah. doing this. And there's also, you're talking about the culture here. You can talk about the culture where I grew up, which is very physical. And that also comes with its own um, downfalls where people feel <clears throat> somewhat entitled to other people's bodies. Yeah. So I grew up and I'm just walking by if I'm at a, you know, play a social gathering or you're at a place with other people, you go to a bar, you go to a place and there's music or whatever thing that some men feel entitled to just grab me by the waist and pull me in and tell me that I'm beautiful. And I don't appreciate that. Yeah. I've never had, I'm, I don't know you, don't touch me. I've always had that attitude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I feel you. <laughs> And so, um, and then other people also taking advantage because the way we greet in Brazil, we give two kisses on the cheek, right? It's normally cheek to cheek, unless you know somebody that well, you want to really kiss them, right? Or they want yeah. to put their mouths yeah. in your cheeks, but it's generally like a cheek to cheek, like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also as a woman, you would feel sometimes taking advantage of that, just a little closer, just a little tighter where you're, uh -huh. kind of, you know, like I didn't give permission to this, but yeah, um, that boundary being crossed so easily because it's just, just what we do. Or what do you, nothing uh -huh. it's so subtle, right? Like, what do you mean? So That's just what we do. Yeah. That's a really good opportunity to learn and create those boundaries. But if you're young and you grow up in that and, you know, maybe until you're older, you don't realize or you don't know if no one's ever said to you, if your mom's never or dad or is like, hey, like, that's not okay. You know, maybe you don't know. And then you have to learn that for yourself. 
that awareness happened for me when I had my child. Mm. And I started to notice how demanding people were of her affection. Mm. And I had to go, wait a minute. Well, you, don't, you don't have to hug anybody you don't want, especially when we go down there. I have aunts and uncles who are like, oh, give me a hug. Just She doesn't want to give me a hug. And I'm like, she doesn't need to give you a hug. She doesn't want to. Yeah. It's, it's almost like making a social contract that has been there that you didn't sign, that you didn't agree upon, but you were just birthed into. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you must accept. And so it took me a long time to even realize that somebody could have the option in that. And so <clears throat> as much as we were talking about, you know, the ways that our society at large and our ways of being have shortchanged us from touch and all of that. I do appreciate here where you would, it would shake somebody's hand. And if you feel like you're close enough to them and both agree to a hug or somewhat of a different touch, then it's, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, of course, the pros and cons, I guess we could say to, to all of it, you know, and it's really, as we know, just about creating whatever it is that you want. And that requires boundaries. It requires Mm self-awareness. It requires asking for what you want, what you feel you need in any relationship. It's really knowing yourself enough and continuously knowing yourself because needs may change and and awareness may shift and um, ideas we've had about who we thought we were are constantly um, fine-tuning themselves and all of that. And so being open to to being who you are at every moment, right? And listening to what every moment needs and what you need from every moment as well. Right. Yeah, knowing that we are such dynamic beings and even in relationship with someone you've been in relationship with for 10 years, it today might be different than it has been for the last 10 years or yesterday or, you know, so both kind of understanding there's not an expectation there to be a certain way or do a certain thing. It's just really, and that alignment with yourself, which is basically what we do here, the source connector, what, what our intention is, right, is to, like, that is number one and when you follow that then everything else just works itself out yeah yeah it's so simple (laughs) we haven't said that no i feel like we haven't said that in a while it's so simple i I don't know we just had to right there that was the moment (laughs) once i think once one decides to be in relationship with oneself first and foremost. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Everything else will mirror that. So I decided, and we've had conversations about this before, <clears throat> a while ago, that I was going to be my best friend because I had to live with myself for the rest of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> and all the negative talk that I had. Um, you know, in my younger years and all the just, I don't even know if negative describes it, but just very belittering, very, just very like depreciative, I want to say, 
I remember the, 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 the moment in time where it was really clear to me that I had to make the choice of who I wanted to be for myself. And that was not it. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. I don't talk to anybody like this. Why would I talk to myself like this? Absolutely. I started becoming more aware of that talk that was inside of my head and the, the, the little moments where I would catch myself doing something and then it would go, oh, wow. And at some point I had a name for it. I don't remember what I used to call it. But I was like, oh, such and such is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had names for my, yeah. You helped me become more aware of it, like almost like putting it as a different entity. That's not me. There's something that's happening here. There's an awareness of what's happening. And I named it. And I remember now. I don't, I want to say it was like, I don't remember. But um, to the point where, that relationship with myself and everything that was going on around me became inside of me. And I say around, around my own being, right. Became my first priority. Like I need to clean my own house first. Yeah. I need to learn how to talk to myself. If I want to be of any value to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, parallel to the ongoing effort of becoming more, clear in who I was that just leads to be being more clear with others and just being more embodied and all of that but it was the first thing I had to do it was like oh yeah I, I I can't I can't talk to myself like this there's a part of me that at a moment recognized that there was a boundary that I was not going to cross anymore because I wasn't deserving of that crossing yeah yeah that's absolutely self-love and self-acceptance and leads the like you said it's just a mirror for the whole rest of the world you know we do teach people how to treat us and you know it's how we treat ourselves yeah yeah and just having that awareness of hey that's not me right um something something that we can perceive in that way that we're aware of it can't be us right because it's we're aware of it we're witnessing it mm-hmm. so that includes actually all of our thoughts because <laughs> we can witness all of our thoughts and go hey that's not me it's just the processing machine that you know that is valuable for us for sure um, but not anything to what do I want to say it's not like your mind has a thought and you go oh that's the truth right because it is if you want it to be <laughs> But it's so all of our thoughts, everything we say to ourselves can be questioned. And is it serving us? Is it not serving us? Is it reflective of the love that we know that we are? Mm. Yeah. We have a thing in our house here that we say, you don't have to believe everything your mind tells you. Yeah. And then another inquiry is in life affirming, as you were mm-hmm. saying, really express the depth of yeah you know you are do you have something that you used to practice or you know continuously practice that helped to refine that awareness of that presence of who you are beyond the mind or Mm -hmm. the feelings or whatever Mm -hmm. we want yeah I mean you know it's like been such a journey as you know as we all know it's not 
usually not an overnight thing, right? Where someone goes, oh yeah. Um, but I, but for me, the, the, one of the, um, I guess moments I can remember the most was when I was feeling disease in my body for so long in very dramatic way. When I suddenly had the awareness that that wasn't me, that the, the illness, whatever, whatever was going on in my body, the healing that was happening, right. That I associated with something being wrong, a disease, naming it, labeling it, saying it's mine, all of these things. When I was like, wait a minute, huh, thing, that's not who I am. That's not me. You know, that can't be me. If it, even if it changes from day to day, it can't be me. Right. So that's when that start. And then I was like, well, that goes for everything. Then it has to, if it goes for this, it goes for everything. So in terms of a practice, I mean, gosh, you know, so much work, self-work, work. I don't like that word, but at the time, I guess it's what I would have used, you know, empowerment teachings, enlightenment teachings, meditation. Mm. There's not like a one and done, right? It's what's in the moment that is needed. And now it's such a default that I wouldn't even consider that any of those things would be me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, I feel so grateful. You know, to have that default setting of like, oh no. And then when I, when someone else close to me, especially is experiencing that, you know, there's um, a reflection or at least an invitation of a reflection. Like it's, I immediately, it's like, it's like, you know, when things are like record is scratching, it's like, oh no, that, that hurts my ears. Like I can't even, you know, I'm, I'm, so I invite for a different sort of perspective, but you know, everybody has, as we know, their own timing for all these things. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Do you have something that uh, you're aware I, of? Yeah. For me, the practice of meditating was a clear game changer. Mm -hmm. I was able to just sit down and be comfortable with the silence outside and just really notice the mental chatter and the cluttering of the inside. That's when I started to go, oh, I feel like ultimately it's giving yourself the time and the, uh, the attention. And, and then I added breath work to that, which is so much. I'm a sucker for breath work. It's so simple. You don't need anything. And I'm always saying this, but it's true. And it's almost like different ways to oil the machine and it goes not only it's not only physical but it's emotional it's energetic it's all in the subtle you know aspects of us that it touches and just the subtlety of breath alone if you think about it it's something you don't see but you can feel and um so adding the, that dimension to the meditation right yeah. to me just I think there was another depth, another layer that was exposed. And, um, and when you talk about the mirroring, what I've come to find for myself is, especially in the moments that I forget or have forgotten, all I need is to remind it, 
to remind myself I'm, I'm loved and I'm loved. And how can I give myself this nourishment of love in this moment where everything seems out of place or chaotic or, or whatever you want to call it. And so to me, my practice is how much of that I can offer to others when they forget and when they know that discomfort to me, I know how that feels. And I know that that's a really icky spot to be in when you're talking to yourself like that. And I don't allow that in my, no. my experience anymore. And so the question and the inquiry for me is how can I love this being right now a little more so he can recognize the love that yeah. he or she is. Yeah. And themselves, yeah. Because as it brings this kind of stuff up, we can be faced with the resistance of the discomfort of that because we know how, how uncomfortable that is. So yeah, it's always the, the, the layers and the, mm. the, the spiral, right? Yeah. Because I recognize myself in different places and, and the gratitude I feel for that experience because it's reminding me of what doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something that, something that um, that Oracle Girl said on a recent track that has stuck with me and resonated so deeply with me, and I and I, I just love you know how it was put, but it it kind of lends to this when we are on our path of um, expansion and becoming more of ourselves and embodiment, enlightenment, and all of these things there can be a a very strong desire to judge oneself or to say, oh, if I do this, if I think this thought, or if this thought is coming in, or if then, you know, my vibe is going to go down and then I'm going to affect everybody around me. And then it's going to be like, you know, and then you just spiral down into this, like, oh, and something she said was so beautiful, especially at the times we're living in that. And she used, I think, fear, but that you feeling fear or anything or having whatever thought, once we are, once we know ourselves as what we are, as light and love and all of these things, none of that can change that. None of that, it can't change your frequency, right? And this is, of course, something that many teachings talk about. And it's that once you know yourself to be that, what you are, the human experience of whatever is coming and going cannot touch that and so just remembering that alone hmm. can one allow you per, give you you can give yourself permission to then feel whatever it is because so, you're not resisting it and then two to remember that no matter what it is i'm still the light i'm still the thing that i know that i am that is indescribable and can never be talked about in words even though we try and try <laughs> so it's this automatic recalibration for me it's a re- automatic reset and it actually brings us back into alignment with what we are with who we are like instantly i'm a firm believer that the only way out is through and the feelings are communications and so how we decide to um, receive the communication is what changes the outcome. Um, yeah. 
and you start seeing them as visitors and you're like all right right tell me what's going on yeah you're trying to alert me to what are you trying to point to that I'm not realizing about this moment this situation whatever it Mm -hmm. is and there is a Romy a Rumi poem the guest house that one yeah Mm. I love that one and we'll put it in the notes I wish I never decided but I don't like fully so I'm not no I know it's I know parts of it too it's it's yeah, I hope you enjoyed this poem as much as I enjoyed this poem and has brought me. I something nobody would know about me. We'll go. I'm just remembering our yeah. something like that. I don't know if we had that question, but ooh, I like that question though. <laughs> I had a love affair with Rumi ever yeah. since the first word read. <laughs> <laughs> and I just rah, 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 see the love. just like, oh my god, I'm like, he's a distant lover. Oh yeah. Most beautiful way, not you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. Bring yeah. it back to the beginning of our conversation and how it's just yes. the connection. It is, it's so beautiful and like curious and magical and wondrous how we can feel connections to people who have passed that we never met uh, I mean in this lifetime we'll say or even in this lifetime that we've never met but we that we just you know it's just oh totally reminds me of the mystery every time something like that happens there's no explanation for it you've never spoken a word to this person and it's like I know you can I share something that happened? Yes, please. Yeah. So a few months back, remember that first time we went to Yerasimo's house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that day I met Holly, this girl, woman, fairy, magical being. And we exchanged a few words there. Um, and so a few months or a couple months later, I saw her again at Jeff Weitzman. Yeah. movie screening and I was like my god I, I met you at Erasmus and we talked yeah. for a moment but it was that immediate like oh my god can I just and, you know like you yeah, can yeah, get yeah. each other type of like oh my god and and she was like I'm going out of town let's try to get together before I go out of town and so we exchanged numbers it ended up not happening but we've been in touch ever since and in October I was watching the Health Freedom for Humanity Kansas event and all of a sudden, she's on stage singing. And I'm just like, what? So I take a screenshot of that. I send it to her. And I was just like, oh, my God, look at this fairy goddess woman just blessing everyone with this beautiful voice and this and that. And I never heard back. This is in October. And so today, I got a voice message from her. And she said, oh, my God, life has been so, like, you know, a lot of moving pieces. I'm just now listening to your message. And she was like, you're live streaming. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. And this and that. And we, and she said a few other things. And then at the end, she says, I love you. I, I can't wait to know you. I love you. And I can't wait to know you more. Oh. Exactly. This feeling of yeah. like, I know you. Yeah. I know, yeah. but 
to cut through everything that we've been conditioned to, to be able to tell another being and mean it at that level and to also be able to receive that. Yeah. Because I've had moments where I wanted to tell people, I love you, but I haven't, <laughs> had, you know, I was like, what if I say this? Is somebody going to take, then goes back to the beginning of the conversation again. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. How is somebody going to take this? And that's something that I need, not need, but I'd like to, like, relieve myself off. It's somebody else's interpretation. I just want to be able to say it. I remember having this feeling when we recorded our first guest, Tommy John, and I told you, yeah, just love him, and I want to tell him, and I, I was like, I can't. Why? I can't. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of like, yeah, broken record of like scratch. I'm like, I want to. I can't. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the biggest secret is we all love each other. I mean, there are beings where you feel it more, right? And you want to say it, but we really do all love each other because not because we're giving our love to someone mm-hmm. because that's impossible. It's because we are love and we're meeting in that space where we yeah. remember we're love. And mm-hmm. some people bring it out more in you, you know, or you connect with their eye and you're just like, oh, yes, for whatever reason that is. But really, yeah, we're all in love with each other and ourselves all the time. <laughs> I think the name of this episode is the love connection. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe shifting the podcast to the love connection. The love connection. Oh boy, should we and have um, your love life by Tara Long and Lisbon? If you are looking for love, <laughs> for a love partner who is open and conscious and right in and will <laughs> bag yourself and look in the mirror. And there you go. Yes. You found it. And then, and then whatever is meant to come for you in terms of a partner, if it is, it sure will. Right. When we fall deeply in love with ourselves, that's how I've experienced it as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And it's such a cozy place to be in because you can date yourself. Like I, I find myself dating myself all the time. Like I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. girl, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's my pleasure. And like, like I can take myself out on a date. Oh like yeah. I love that. Myself on a date and go and eat something and just, oh. eat and like, you know, and it's just, yes. so there's hi, there's, I love being by myself and I love going out to places by myself and just like whether it's a meal or you know I remember going to movies by myself many years ago a lot or just whatever just strolling in the park on the beach all of these things you know by myself is just deliciously delightful yeah I learned that not had to but I learned that around 27 years old when I was in a deep, committed 10-year relationship from when I was 17 mm. until I was 27. And so it was always us. Yeah. Us, 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 us. We do this, <laughs> us, us. <laughs> That's a young age, right? There's a lot of a lot of things happening um, right. where you're finding yourself and you're exploring. And all of a sudden, you're in this locked partnership. And I remember 
the first time I went to a concert by myself. And I was like, this is awesome. It was like at the El Rey Theater. And I was just like, this is epic. <laughs> I don't need anybody. <laughs> nope. So you don't have to ask anybody anything about what they want to do or like. There was oh. no, like, even like there wasn't a deeper awareness of that feeling of self-love because a lot of that journey started then of me finding who I was, what I like. What is, what do you want? Not what us and we and all of that, right? And I remember that experience being so, like such a revelation. Yeah. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. I went to see the Claxons. I think it was at the LA. Claxons, I don't even know. Yeah. I think they're from England, but it was like a party band. So fun. Oh. And I, this is epic. Oh my gosh. I was totally just with myself, enjoying the moment and completely, you know. But then I've had other moments where in that same self-space with much more awareness. I remember going to see this band from Portugal, Buracação Sistema. And I was having such a good time with myself that inevitably people around me started having a good time with me. So yeah. all of a sudden, there's a girl rubbing and dancing with me, and I'm just like, <laughs> epic. <laughs> you know, you have these like little animal masks, and like I remember putting mine on the back because I wanted to like see and you know in your yeah. face dancing and everything. And there was such a playful um, atmosphere, and everybody was just like together and playing and allowing and and really coming together as this individuals you know like mm-hmm. in this space of fun and and I mean and everyone was in their own space but I'm just talking about my school how right? your experience yeah how yeah. great that is when you yeah. and I find to me the definition of attraction or finding someone attractive is that deep embodiment of who they are because sometimes you may look at somebody and you find them beautiful physically or whatever but there's you don't That's feel it. it more than that yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's a good looking person and it's good to look, but then it doesn't, that's doesn't. It. Yeah. yeah. And also somebody that you would normally not necessarily find physically attractive, but you're like, wow, there's something about that person that it's very, very mm, right. And just, yeah. You're just like a magnet. Yeah. I've experienced all of those things. Yeah. And I used to go to concerts by myself all the time in Austin when I lived in Austin, Texas. Because there's so much live music there, right? Mm-hmm. If I wanted to see someone and I'd just go, I'd just be like, I'm getting my ticket. I'm going. I went with friends too. But And the best thing, being alone, uh, when I was living in Europe and I would just go out all day and just walk around Paris or whatever, wherever I was, going to museums. And, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just the best. It's just the best. And it did. And at the time, yeah, like you, maybe I didn't have as much self-awareness of you know, the depth of myself and who I was, but that was building, that was nurturing that, that was actually building that relationship with myself, the foundation of like, Ooh, I can be with myself. Like, it's wonderful. I I don't feel discomfort. I don't feel, you know, I, this is great. And that's when I finally, you know, did stop looking quote unquote for a partner, because for a lot of my, you know, younger years I did, right. That's what, that's part of the thing that, that we do as a, as a culture and that I did. And then when I completely was like, 
no, man, I am so good. I'm so good. Like I'm so really good on my own. Like if I never am with, have a partner of any kind ever. And I dipped in and out of that, you know, a lot in my thirties. And then finally it dropped everything. And that's of course, when I met, you know, Jeremy <laughs> and I was like, really, do I want to, <laughs> Um, let me check my schedule. Let me just look and know, but you know what I mean? It's just like, so then it just becomes a bonus and like whatever is happening is just, yeah, an extra, like a, you know, just a cherry on the, on the Sunday or whatever versus just already being so full. Yeah. We're talking about being in Europe and, walking the streets of Paris. Mm. My best international solo exploration, I was in Amsterdam. I (laughs) always wanted to go to Amsterdam and my sister at the time was working in the Middle East and as a flight attendant. And she said, I have a flight coming up in the next few weeks. It was literally in the next few weeks to Amsterdam. Do you wanna, do you wanna make it happen? And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, let, let me see. Let me see what the schedule, let me see the family life and if that would align. And I went to the Middle East. We met. We stayed there for a few days. And then we took this flight to Amsterdam. She was there for just a day. She had to go back because she was working, right? And I stayed for like five days. I remember exactly. And I'm like, my body is all feeling the excitement of just being in a place where you know, in, you don't know anybody. Like, oh, I love that. It's so good. You know, nobody, you're not <laughs> yes. going to bump into, I mean, the chances, of course, you could bump into somebody you know, but the chances are minimum. So minimum, rare. None. Yes. Yeah. And just walking. And I remember the best thing for me was just to be like, I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to feel the flow and just go where I feel that like the, the impulse to go with not a lot of planning. Yep. Right. Just drop myself. I would take the train and drop myself in the middle of the, the city center or whatever, and just be like, where do I want to go? And, um, and then I went to a small town about an hour away from Amsterdam and found myself arriving there like seven o'clock at night. It's dark in this little town to an Airbnb in this beautiful little house. Right. And I'm just like, this is crazy. I'm like in another part of the world. I have no idea who these people are around me. I have no idea of anything, literally. Yeah. And to find yourself in that space where anything and everything is possible. Is so mm. And it's so invigorating. And the next day I took the, they had a, they had a couple of bikes. I took the bike and I just, started riding the bike. Well, I don't know where I'm going. I just, and I ended up in the beach at the shore mm. with the mountains and everything. And I was just like, wow, life is so epic if we would just allow for it. Yeah. You know, and just putting yourself in these situations where you give yourself a break from who you think you are mm. and from other people's expectations. Yeah. And, um, so I highly recommend that if everyone listening, if you can take some time to just be by yourself and that can be a few hours, that can be a night, a couple yeah. of days, you have the luxury of being with yourself and just yourself, just being in your own time, doing yeah. everything you want to do exactly how you want it, the time you want it and not being spontaneously. Yes. yes. 
And also like getting out of your environment is very helpful. It's not necessary, completely necessary, but it's like, you see, you know, being in a place where you're totally autonomous and nobody knows you, it, it gives you this automatic, like, you know, pass to like, who am I? Well, I don't know. Nobody has any expectation of me to be anything and neither do I don't have to either. And you never do actually, but <laughs> you know, this, we, we do get more sort of like solidified in our, in our ways, you know, when we're in the same thing, doing the same thing all the time, but yeah, there's nothing like that feeling. It's just total freedom. Yes. To all of us and all of you listening to this, in this moment, may you always find the freedom of who you are at every moment. It's my deepest wish for more. Yeah, you don't need to go anywhere to do that or do anything special. It's just a, it can just be a little help, but it's not necessary. It's always right here. It's a treat. It's a treat. It's a bonus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like a, before, yeah. Before we end, yeah. Excited for our Patreon explorations. Oh yeah. And um we've decided to make the Patreon a little bit more of practical um insights and practices and offerings in that way and kind of more like boots on the ground shall we say <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like the one we just did with Liz I mean with us but Liz was leading and and she led us through some beautiful breath work so that's over on the Patreon uh, we're gonna be doing another one coming up and I'll lead us through something <laughs> something practical so that you can anchor yourself and your source and your light and just remind yourself of of that yeah if you call to join and support reach us out there the dream of that is that we have a strong community where we would be um, our own support system and we would be having live events together and maybe even branch out to, you know, collaborations and other things. So if it sparks an interest in you, find us at Patreon. Don't forget to like this so others can also be exposed yeah. to this co-creation. Hmm. Um, share it. Share it. Share it. Yeah. Share it with anyone you think would um, benefit would benefit get value and we we feel in in this community of the source connection that there's so much to come because we are in such a pinnacle time such a transition such a shift that there's so much to I don't want to say to be done because that sounds like you know work and all of that it, even though it will require effort <laughs> there's so much um possibility for creation and unfolding of all the beautiful, wonderful things that we already know are true inside of us. So we hope you'll join us if you feel called. Thank you for being here with us as always. Much love. Yeah. Bye.
Did you know that the Source Connection has a Patreon page? In this Patreon page, we share tips, practices. We get a little bit more intimate with each other. Yes, so join us over on our Patreon page if you would like to connect in another way. We hope to see you there.